You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? Come along, Samuels. Keep up. Wait, wait. Let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, there's past. So what you want? Jesus freak. I got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh wow! Thank you for that. Hello and welcome to the Film and Loathing podcast for Sunday, October twenty fifth. 2020. This is episode number 87, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Coming up this week, we have a review of the film Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. We'll also talk about some other things that we watched and whatever else comes up along the way. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. How you guys doing this week? It's been a while. It's been a, while. It's been a long while. Are we just singing? That Stain song? I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. You're a liar. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know, guys. I know you. I know you know it. I don't. I don't remember first, that song. Take your eyes off of Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First off, I just have a rec- I have a request. Um, mm-hmm. in our intro, can we add a line from Hoobie Halloween to those quotes or replace Rocky Balboa style? Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Balboa style. <laughs> well, I was thinking that. I, I was thinking that after a hundred episodes, it'd probably be a good time to do a new to switch it up every hundred. I'm down with it. I really am. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. I just, just need to take the time to do it. <laughs> we just do turn this into an Adam Sandler appreciation podcast. At the very least, I'll definitely do I'll definitely do Rocky Balboa for you. We just because you said that um like you wanted to do what's the difference as the beat. Yeah, if I can make it work. Mm-hmm. It seems really bassy. Like I feel like we need to have something kind of mellowed out so that the quotes come through you know what i'm saying that's why the one that we have right now works so well i know but you should use oh. dirty to me by poison i'll i'll experiment around i'll throw some quotes in and see if it see if it comes through i mean i can always because i can always turn the volume down on the like on the backtrack when i'm editing it can i uh, make requests monster of course you can oh, cool oh monster mess <laughs> No, of course you oh. can. I'll think. Because the only well, the only request I think I made last time was from Anchorman. Yep. Yeah. I thought you were talking music requests. No, 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 like quote requests to have in the new intro. Dragon yeah, as he gets Rob Zombie. As he gets. As he gets <laughs> closer, I'll definitely I'll reach out to you. Because I want to try. What's the difference? Maybe, and then if it doesn't work, then I'll have to think of something else. About Manson, we could do Cake and Sodomy by Marilyn Manson. I don't think those are going to work, Zach. Great ideas, but I don't think they're going to work. I think we're moving to we're, we're moving in a positive direction, though. When I when I worked at the deli, and I would listen to Marilyn Manson like when I was there by myself. Fucking gosh. There was, there's he has a song called Cake and Sodomy on his first album. I did And he said it goes like, uh, time for a cake and sodomy, and this. She wasn't like old, but she wasn't young. I was like, "What is he saying?" And I said, 
it's his it's a birthday song it's cake inside of me she's like oh okay. <laughs> Oh, what the fuck? Quick thinking. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a that's a very terribly written line, though. If that was the case, get some cake inside of me. It's, uh, so it's white dress, get down on your knees. Time for a cake and sodomy. But like just because like of how he says it, it could very easily be time for a cake inside of me. Down on your knees, cake inside of me. Nothing I love more than cake inside of me. Inside of me. Should have just thrown this cake inside of me thing in there too, because then you know it was a great night. It's a great Tuesday night. That's what we call Wednesday, where I'm from. <laughs> mm, shit. All right, so I'm I'm dying to I'm dying to know, Zach. What did you get this week? This guy Chris so up in arms. I've got to know. It's fucking infuriating, dude. I was literally so. Shit. As we all know, uh, Bull Moose is home to the thirty cent VHS. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I may have been doing some perusing, you know. Why did you buy? Did you have a VHS player? So. They're not to be watched. They are decoration. Oh, okay, I see. So, you know, I was also picking up the Friday the 13th box set. I picked up uh, Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal yeah. Apocalypse. Did uh, they made a second one? There's no, it's not a second one. It's an entirely different movie. Oh, okay. Crazy me to think that. You know, I, I, you know, I, I happened to get the, uh, the Thanks Killing box set. You know, mm. all things you need. And then I see this bin of vhs tapes that piqued my interest what what might be in said bin of vhs i'm just curious are you furious chris because he shit on you for wanting vhs tapes that and dvds for so fucking long oh okay thanks killing set is not available on blu-ray so i only have it on dvd you're an absolute prick uh so you know i may have bought um Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Rocky 1 through 5, Batman, VHS? Batman and Robin, The Mummy, and The Water Boy, all on VHS to display <laughs> as I so choose. How much did this cost? I told you, it's home of the 30 cent VHS. It costs like $1.80. Oh my fucking gosh, dude. I have, you have piece you? of shit. You're an absolute <laughs> piece of shit. And I have on my Blu-ray shelf, Rocky 1 through 5 sits proudly on top. That you're never going to watch. I'm never going to watch them. No. Do you even know do you have any of them? Do you have any of them on you? No, I'm trying to send a picture, but it's taking forever. Yeah, I'm That's really I have Batman, Forever, The Mummy, and The Water Boy right next to each other on my desk. That's Why? Proudly displayed. Oh, and the Mask of Zorro. I forgot one. The Antonio Banderas classic. Okay, why that one? Like, Rocky Bubble 1 through 5, you know, Waterboy, Mummy, Terminator 2. Completely understandable why you would buy all these on VHS. Why? Is it understandable? <laughs> I can't say shit because I've been judged for doing literally the exact same thing. It's just... Gee, Zach, I guess Zach is trying to get away with it because he's like, they're just decoration. So, 
I got The Mask of Zorro, Chris, because it's, uh, it's a big movie from when I was a kid. I used to watch it all the time. Plus, when it's 30 cents, you can really justify about anything. That's pretty sweet, actually. I do like I do like the VHS like covers, like that's pretty cool. What is even cooler is when you get the plastic ones that you can like pop open, like the Disney ones used to be. You guys can fuck right off. I don't want to hear any of this bullshit. Maybe I'll go back and get more, and I'll give you some. No, I'm not gonna buy them for sure, but maybe like a couple. I don't know which one. I don't know if I'd buy them if if ever, but. For 30 cents as decoration, that guess that's kind of cool. My thing is, is that, like, where are the collectibles that you guys were talking about? I have Ash, Evil Dead, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason. They're all there. And how, okay, did you buy all these at once? No. How many spurts of purchases? This has probably been over the last two months. The only collectible I the only collectible I have is that Predator figure. That's but not badass. I get, what's up? That's kind of badass. Yeah, my see my my plan is is to get Rachel to make fun of me for every single one that I want, so that she feels bad for making fun of me and then buys it for me. Oh, I see. So you're guilting her. Solid tactic. No, that's how I that's how I got the Predator one. <laughs> I like went over. I went over to this video game, or not this video game. I went over to this um, um, comic book store, and I was kind of just browsing their figures, and I saw that one, and it was like fifty bucks. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna buy it. So I kind of went away, and I I went back in. And I was like, I was like, hey Rachel, like I was like, there's this sweet predator figure over there, and I kind of want it. She was like, why would you want that? Would you like twelve? And then she felt so bad for making fun of me that she had one of her coworkers walk over to the game store and buy it for me. Wow. So you got yeah. a superpower, Jake. I do. Thankfully, Rachel doesn't listen Actually, to the podcast, so she I don't won't. have a. I don't have a superpower. Rachel has a super weakness, and I'm going to exploit it. Fuck. Thankfully, yeah. I may not be in that situation, but I also have no self-control. <laughs> or respect. <laughs> the next thing I want to get is a xenomorph to put right next to it. A xenomorph? So you could reenact Alien vs. Predator in your bedroom? Yeah, exactly. And Rachel's like, what are you doing in there? I'm like, nothing! If you have next to each other... Because I'm picturing it not being like a, a them actually fighting. I picture it being like a, like a, oh, it's so glad you came here, Mr. Xenomorph. I'm really glad that I came too, Mr. Predator. Let's stop all this fighting. <laughs> You're going to play with him in the bathtub? You Definitely. <laughs> I've got the I've got the ones that'll sit on the desk, and I've got the ones that are on the on the tub, like on the side of the tub. You're in a basket next to the tub. For yeah, me. exactly. You have your you have your uh, your ba- your bathroom shelf, and then you have your living room shelf, and then you have your bedroom shelf. Yep. Exactly. No, I like to get yeah, a little alien. rubber duckies themed of all these movies instead of getting the actual action figures. 
Get rubber ducky versions. Yeah, get a rubber yeah, ducky. Pretty Dino cool. Rubber ducky. Pretty cool. I I find like generic ones around, but I would be really sweet is I can find like a big version of like the Queen Alien. Like life size. Not life size. That'd be pretty big, but just like one that's like the same size as the Predator one I have. Do they make dolls of like? Oh, sorry, action figures of any. <laughs> Of any of like the just normal people, like would they have Ryan Gosling from La La Land? No, no. I, I don't know. Google it. You can find anything, man, if you look hard enough. Okay. The phrase that I always used to use that Amy hated, I'd be like, "What? It was on sale for nine ninety nine. Like I'm losing money if I don't buy it." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. Oh, I wait for this to go back to full price. I just lost ten bucks. That's exactly the Iron Giant cool. one you found, Zach, was pretty sweet. I would yeah. like to get that. When are you gonna send me? When are you gonna send me my Ripley, huh? When I'm not fucking busy. You're just gonna hold on to it, and make it a Christmas present, like a loser. They have Funko Pops. That's it. Uh, yeah, I would never buy a Funko Pop. I don't want Funko yeah. Pop. I just want like a an action figure. I'm not a twelve. I'm not a twenty two year old virgin. I don't buy Funko Pops. It fucking does. <laughs> I did find a dope uh, Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards figure that I'd like to get. That's the shit I need. I want to get one of John Carpenter. Do you think they have that? Yeah. Did you find a Ryan Gosling and La La Land figure, Chris? No, I'm looking at Transformers now. You oh. Will. I'm Maybe. bound to find Transformers. Do you think they make them of um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith from Bad Boys 2? That's a – I actually – like, that's an action movie. They could have those figures. That would be sweet. Bad Boys 2 action figures. Yeah, dude. They have them. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, dude, look at that. How, how, many, points of, how many points of dexterity does it have? <laughs> <laughs> Too much for comfort. Super rare Will Smith and Martin Lawrence bad boy two. How rare are we talking here? This is no longer for sale, so I don't want the movie. Oh, I do want the movie, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I do want the movie. Dude, okay, to... oh, I was browsing online the other day, um, for figures, and I found one of the Ice King from Game of Thrones, and it was like that him on his ice dragon. Guess how much it was selling for? Thousand bucks. Something, yeah. Pretty good it was ridiculous, dude. insane. It was like 800. John Wick action figure. Do they have a Hoobie yes. Halloween action figure? No, but I want... Not yet. That's Next year. Self action figure. Um, when, the, when the people finally come around to it, that's when they'll make one. People don't like this movie? There's a pretty big divide on the internet, Zach. I don't know if you know this. A bunch of losers. Um, okay, so... Before we move on, I also want to bring up, so next week on the show, we're going to be doing our horror comedy episode, we've decided. We don't want to we don't want to torture Chris too much. So, do you guys sort of have, do you have any ideas of what we could do next week for some horror comedy movies? Shaun of the Dead. I figure maybe do like three, maybe? Do three movies? I mean, I was thinking kind of Shaun of the Dead too, but I've never seen an American Werewolf in London. That's a good one. So okay. I kind of want to watch that. 
Okay. Uh, this site lists Midsummer as a horror comedy. I don't know about that. I laughed hysterically. Oh, what if what if we did like This is the end. Not horror enough. Mm, I don't know if that's horror, really. Definitely well, it's, I'm solid, it's not scary enough for you guys. What if we uh, did like uh American Werewolf in London, Shaun of the Dead, those are good ones. They live. Mm, I'm waiting for that to come out on 4K, so not they live. With Rowdy Roddy Piper. Who be Halloween's kind of scary. That's true. This uh, is comedy. What about like Gremlins or like? I haven't seen Gremlins since I was a kid. Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm not on that. Creep Show. I think I'd rather do Gremlins. Do Gremlins. Jennifer's Body. That's a horror comedy. I don't want to do Jennifer's Body. <laughs> That's kind of a that's an interesting lineup. So we got so because because obviously Shaun of the Dead's from the two thousands, um, Gremlins I think is eighties, and then is American Werewolf in London in the nineties. That one's eighties too. Eighties as well. Ah, damn! It always had something What's going. What's that there. one that you were talking about that you said in the group chat earlier? Elvira might be from Elvira. The 90s. Yeah, I think Elvira could be in the nineties. I think it's either late eighties or early nineties. I'll look it up. I just know that it's known for her having a busty cleavage. That's all I know about the movie. I look in the mirror every it's, uh, day. It's not It's 1988. Fuck. What's one from the 90s? Is it like Microwave Massacre from the 90s? No. What about Reanimator? Gremlins Re-animated? 2 is from 1990. What is? Gremlins 2. Okay. We're getting there. What about like, uh, what about like Reanimator or... Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia is neither horror or comedy. Oh shit! We should do. Um, it is. I know it's not in the '90s, but we should do The Lost Boys. Not a comedy. But it's fun. Mm, it's alright. It doesn't have to be the '90s. I just thought we were so close to having something. With a little effort, Jake, we will have something. Because I'm definitely fine with doing Gremlins and Shaun of the Dead. I'm back, or I'm, I'm, even, I'm even fine with doing. I mean, if we can't find anything from the 90s, like American Werewolf in London. Army of Darkness. Um, I'm fine with that. I'd have to, I, would, I need to watch Evil Dead, too. I haven't seen that one. Can we do Velocipaster? <laughs> that'll get, that'll cover the, the tens. <laughs> is American Werewolf in London, is that a horror comedy? Yeah, it's, it's pretty comedic. Oh, really? Interesting. I thought it was just a flat out horror film. This guy. I, I mean, the guy. I mean, who, I've never, I've never seen it. This guy only watching horror movies in October doesn't know about American Werewolf in London. <laughs> oh, Scream is from the nineties. That's true. So is Scream a horror comedy, or is it just the yeah. sequels are comedic? It's, it's a, it's a horror comedy. Yeah. Also, John Landis. He. Oh my gosh, he's known for so many good comedies. I didn't know this. Yeah, it's American Werewolf in London is pretty funny. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm down with that shit. So would you rather do American Werewolf in London, Gremlins, and Shaun of the Dead, or would you rather sub out one of those for a 90s flick? Let's do, let's scream. do scream instead. I, I'm tired of Shaun of the Dead. So Scream, American Werewolf in London, and Gremlins, that's what we're doing? Yeah, let's do that. Now, is there any way to record it so that it comes out on Halloween? Friday night or Saturday morning. 
Can't do Friday okay. night. Can do you Saturday can't, morning. You can't do Friday night? No, but I can definitely do Saturday morning. I might be able to bust out Saturday morning. Yeah. Has to be, I have to work at 2 o'clock, so. Okay. Yeah. We'll just get up, and, get up and get going. Yeah, that's fine with me. Then we can have at least record it on Halloween. I can put it together after work. So it'll be out before midnight on November 1st. Cool. Yeah, let's do it then. So American Werewolf in London, Gremlins, Scream. Sweet. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, then let's uh, move on then to our main review of the week, which is Possessor, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Uh, it stars Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, uh, Tuppets Middleton, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Sean Bean. And the plot synopsis is Tazia Voss, an elite corporate assassin, takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. So what did you guys think of Possessor? Um, I'm sure this will come as <clears> – <throat> let me preface this by saying I watched it last night with Chris. But I kind of dozed off near the end. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched it this morning because we didn't we didn't even start it till like midnight last night, so it yeah. was it was late. And it's probably no shock to anyone that I I loved it. Mm-hmm. There's I I hate to say it, Hoobie Halloween is no longer my favorite film of the year. Ugh. Possessor is. Oh, it's Possessor now. Shit. Um, the only thing I really have a problem with is in the marketing in which this this is not a horror film i yeah i get maybe more like body horror it's definitely just like a high concept like bloody sci-fi movie yeah for sure but it's being thrown into the art house horror category which i just strongly disagree with mm, yeah i mean i can see wh- how why some people would want to push for that but doesn't nothing- yeah, kind of that's horrific imaging, but it doesn't really do anything to scare you. I don't yeah, think it's like really. It's not like tense. It's not like I don't think it's trying to scare you. Is where yeah. would be my big disagreement comes in. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. Oh, I, I loved it. I think the opening scene is amazing and really like takes you by surprise. Mm-hmm. And you know, just for example. Within the first 30 seconds, I think Chris had asked about six questions as to what was going on. And I had to remind him that we'd seen the same amount of the movie, so I didn't have any of the answers <laughs> that I was looking for. I knew as much as he did. It's true. <laughs> but then I loved – I think it – I love this idea of, like, Andrea Riseborough, like – I think you mean Tilda Swinton, too. Tilda Swinton, too. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the ugly stick version of Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> <laughs> of her, like, getting deeper and deeper into this life, and, like, to the point where when she tries to go back to her regular life, she just, she literally just can't function. And I like, I like that a lot. And then plus, like, her slowly basically losing her empathy by the end of the movie. And I think Jennifer Jason Lee is really good. I think all the performances are really good. 
And the practical makeup effects are amazing. That's that's the true highlight of this entire movie. Like, take everything away. If I had to pick one thing in this entire film that's, like, absolutely incredible, it's the practical effects. Mm-hmm. That's the true star of this. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's no real surprise given that this is David Cronenberg's son. So, I mean, that guy is a wizard of using practical effects. That finger thing? Dude, oh, I wish, I wish... I, the, I lost it, that finger thing. I wish the poster was not the face melting because that scene is, like, amazing, but I was expecting it the whole time. So I think, like, if you weren't expecting it, it's so it would be so much better. Yeah. Well, thing about the poster is like I was like I love that poster, and then like when it finally showed up in the movie, I was kind of like, oh, that's what that is. I was like, that's really cool. Well, seeing the photo, it made me think like, is this gonna be some sort of Mission Impossible style <laughs> fucking mask ripoff? Oh, that'd be sick. <sighs> um, yeah, I can say that I also really liked it. <clears throat> I didn't quite love it to the level I thought that I might. But I think that there was also some expectations built up for me that that I, I th- honestly were just founded like, on just where I thought the movie was going to go. I wasn't really found on anything because I, I didn't really see any trailers. I tried to avoid anything. I just wanted to go in clean. Um, so I thought it would spend a lot more time like going from like assassin assassination to assassination, like bouncing around. Like I didn't really think the movie was going to be just focused on one case. Um, <clears throat> but once... Like, once I kind of settled into it, um, I really enjoy it. Like, I think the cinematography is amazing. Like, I love the way that he uses, like, reds and blues in the movie. Like, um... Also, I, just, pers- I love that idea of, like, like, possessing someone else's body to carry out an assassination. And, like, basically, like, the scene where he has to cause, a re- like, a, a disturbance at that party. So it looks like he has then has cause to kill them. And, like, just, like, the whole very like plot heavy things that have to happen in order for this to make sense i like i do think it gets a tad bit convoluted like by the end but basically but almost all the questions i had were answered the second time around yeah there were some things i I definitely would like to watch it again like some of the story moments like maybe they play better on a rewatch but i was completely sold by just how they handled like sort of, like, what was going on with, like, their consciousness and the idea of sort of, like, using that void, the, sort of, like, that void idea um, and sort of, like, their bodies, like, blending kind of, like, when things are happening and, like, the first time she goes in, her, like, body, like, melts away into, like, wax and, like, reforms. Like, I just loved all that stuff. Oh, yeah, no, that was incredible. And, like, even beyond that, when you get to the point to where he's, She's in his body and he's realizing that she's in his body and they have like them back to back with that two way mirror type shit in front of them. And then they show like him finally taking control and he just takes her fucking head, her like skin off, puts it on his head. Like I thought all that, everything inside of his mind, just that battle between them was really cool. But I mean, needless to say, this isn't a type of movie that I typically would enjoy. Here it is. Um, it's not – no, no. And, and I've got to say it's not that this movie is a bad movie because it's not. It's just not. But it's just – I feel like you could have gone a lot cooler places with it. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just not interested in watching this back and forth between in, in the head 
um, a, like for majority of the movie and then watching this guy who I know nothing about, who I care nothing about, and watching this this family that I know nothing about and care nothing about having to... But it's also like, it's, it's 100% not about the assassination. It's about like her internal struggle. Yeah. And, that... and it's, it's 100% like, like the fact that she can never pull the trigger. Like she can never assume full control. Yeah. And that they're the subconscious of this person that she's overtaken is always there. See, that's what <clears throat> one thing that I really liked about the movie. The idea of that, like taking over someone's consciousness has consequences. At least for her, you know, like for whatever reason, like, I don't know, maybe, for whatever reason, like whatever's going on in her personal life that allows her to not to. Because assumedly there are assassins who can just zip right in, take full control, and they're like really good. And um, assumingly she was that way at one point. So the fact that she's not anymore for whatever reason doesn't really get into that. But I, I like, like, I love the idea that like it has control and it's not just like as simple as like you're just in and you're out. Like there's like a talent to it to like maintain that control. Yeah. It's also like like we're definitely seeing her in the later part of her career. So like you're right. Like at one point she probably was good, but that has all weighed on her now. And mm-hmm. now she's, we're not seeing like, you know, we're not seeing the bride in Kill Bill who's at peak. Like we're just going to do whatever. Like she's seasoned. I get that, but if this is her story and it, she's clearly the most interesting part of this entire movie. That, that I feel like that goes without saying, right? Like, am I correct on that? I th- I that think she's the most interesting part. Yeah, she's the most interesting part of the movie. Why bring the guy into it at all, besides him being just a force rather than? Which guy are you referring to? The person she takes over. Because that's well, literally that kinda, like the movie. But that's what I'm saying, though, is that why even have him be a major role in it anyways rather than just a stand-in to focus on her? Well, I, I think The process she's really going through because I know nothing about this guy going in besides the fact that he's a drug dealer. And you get that, that kind of uh, – that, that where they're both sitting in front of the screen and they're taking a look at the photos, that breakdown of who this guy is. And besides that, you get – no time with him at all because just your first introduction to him in front of the camera is as her which i like that scene i like i love that yeah i like that you don't know him because as you're seeing him i'm not i'm not thinking like oh here's this new character i'm thinking no this is and this is what's her name tazia Uh, tazia like i like the idea that it's like, oh, this isn't this guy. That's that's Andrea Riseborough in this guy's body. And yeah, like she's like sort of taking which I thought was like, really cool. That's really cool. It's just I don't understand why at the end you kinda have to spend time with him as himself. When this whole time you spend time with her as him. But she but he is he knows that there is a somehow like a connection between them. And he is begging her for answers. Yes. So she's still present. I'm not saying she's not there. I'm just saying you're spending time with the – you're spending very meaningful time with a person that indirectly has no meaning. Like his physical presence has a meaning, but him as a person has no meaning whatsoever because you're not given a re- – you're not given meaning for him. Chris, let me ask you this. Um, 
in Little Nicky when... <laughs> okay, we're bringing it to my wheelhouse. Bring it on, buddy. <laughs> so, there's, so there's Cassius and Adrian, and they possess different bodies throughout the entire movie. Does that make you care any less about them? About the people being possessed? Yeah. Or about... But the, movie, but the movie is not called Possessed. It's called Possessor. Yes, the person's and doing the possessing. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Spending time strictly with the possessor is fine, but once you force me to spend meaningful time with the possessed, that that I've spent no time established with this guy at all. No established so time with liked, this guy at all. Would you have liked this movie better if it's Andrea Riseborough in his role? But they all just, when they look at her character, they just see the person she's possessing, but we, the audience, see her. No, and like I'm saying, it's not about the physical presence. Then there's no pleasing. It's about him fighting back. That's where the real issue lies. Him fighting back, I think, but is a really interesting him, concept, and I think that, that that sheds more light on her than it does him. But once you get to a point to where he's fully taken over, and he's not just fighting, it's him. But and she's in the background. That's the part that I take issue with. Doesn't the fact that he has taken full control of his own body again and she is just some someone in the background, doesn't that also tell you much more about her situation than it does his situation? Yes, but you sit with it long enough to make that in that, that oh, those sorry, moments these, about him. These moments that you're complaining about are literally like the last maybe 18 and a half minutes. Which I could argue is some of the most important minutes of the entire movie. Because they have the, some of the most impactful, you know, fucking actions. I don't know, dude. I'm not, like I'm saying, it's not a bad movie. It's not, it's not a bad movie at all. I would actually argue that this is a good movie. I'm just saying that's an issue that I feel could have been addressed and fixed. Well, you know it's not an issue. I, so... The like the the different tests that have been done in like sci-fi movies to test humanity. Like, I thought this one was really good. Like, pick having to pick up the artifacts and like tell oh yeah about, yeah tell about them and whether or not it is your memory or someone else's memory. Mm-hmm. I like that. A lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was really cool. What was the thing with the butterfly at the end? So, do you want me to spoil it for the listener? I mean, you can tell me off air if you want. I just—is this technically on air? Well, it's just a—it's just a connection between, like, in the because at the beginning she tells about how um, she captured it and she put it in that little case, and though she likes it, she always felt bad about capturing it. Right. And then yeah. at the end, when she's like says like she no longer feels bad anymore, well, then that just shows that like, like as Zach was alluding to earlier, like she's now lost all of her empathy by the end of it. She, she is she is now solely a possessor. She is not a a human being who happens to be a possessor. Like she she has now lost that part of herself. She is just a possessor. Okay, that makes sense then. I think it was a little too um, to find like at the end. I was just like, yeah, it was a wrong time to try and watch that. Movie. Yeah, that's pretty late at night. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I love the score. I thought the score. Yeah, was I was. Good. I was just gonna say I, I, I like the score quite a bit. Yeah. Um, like I said, I love the cinematography and like the use of color in it. I loved Andrea Riseborough and her prosthetic penis. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot about that part. How could I forget about the penis? Yes. I love. Yeah. I loved Andrea Riseborough as Chris Abbott checking out his shaft. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was good. You saw the base of it too. 
I like that when she's doing her husband, all she can think about is that knife sliding into the lawyer's throat. Yeah. That, that cra- those crazy, like, up, very up close, like, very stationary shots of, like, the gruesome fucking, like, in the beginning when she's recalibrating herself and she's fucking stabbing and you see the blood come out. Or when you see, like, the, the blade penetrate the throat or, like, the fingers just as they're chopped off is- slowly moving. Like, that was so fucking... What I think is kind of interesting is, like, for people who are professional, like, assassins, they definitely, like, don't kill people, like, in a way that would make you think they are professionals. Like, that, that is severe, like, overkill. Like, Well, she calls her out. Oh, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee calls her out at that at one point. Well, that's the thing is that I feel like once you're in the possessed, you're a possessor, like, your ability to kill doesn't really matter. It's just you have to kill. I think that's. But no, like that she, make sense? she gets in trouble because she beats Sean Bean like with a whatever she uses, and she's not supposed to. Fire yeah. poker. Yeah, yeah, she's they're issued a gun, and she's supposed to shoot him with a gun, but she doesn't. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like that was supposed to be something like. She likes. She to just kill. She obviously she just, likes to kill. Well, I don't know if it was something like if that's how she envisioned, like that person killing them, so it seemed more believable, or if like she just like snapped in those moments and didn't couldn't do it cleanly. Maybe that that's some sort of commentary about her. I wasn't sure. I think it's she just loves the killing, and I think the gun would have been too quick for her, because that's what I pulled from like. She gets off on doing that. Yeah, like, maybe because there's that scene where she's talking to Jennifer Jason Lee, and she's like, "Why the knife?" And she's like, "It just felt more in character." And she's like, "Whose character?" And then nothing like it just lingers on that. Yeah. So there could be something to that. I really like. I liked the idea of like recalibrating, and like the longer that you possess someone, like, the harder it is to maintain control, so you have to, like, keep recalibrating yourself to be yeah. able to maintain control. Yeah, like that. I also love the idea where she, like, takes over him real quick to, like, check back into headquarters, so it's, like, his voice, and then also, like, playing over that is Andrew Riseborough's voice, so it's, like, playing parallel. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I like that a lot. I, the story, The story elements, I'm, like... I'm like kind of like whatever about just because I thought I don't know like this is such a super cool idea. I just envisioned there being like more to it, which I think was maybe why I'm like a rewatch, knowing the story now. I can I can kind of just like enjoy the ride. It's it's so the story for, and currently it's just like whatever. But all the little stuff that we talked about like is like what I really love about it. I think like you say in the plot like oh there's a company that they possess people to assassinate others. Like that sounds like a Christopher Nolan movie. But I think it would be, I think this, like, weird kind of, like, gritty, like, bloody mess of a movie is far better than whatever Christopher Nolan would make. But I guess guess what I find most interesting about the whole thing is not the idea of, like... Awkward. (laughs) Well, so, like, the idea that I find most intriguing is the idea of, like, being stuck in someone else's consciousness. Like, that's to me, is, like, the most interesting thing about it. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I, the, the movie, the movie was really good. 
Um, the effects were really good. The score was really good. Just that thing at the end. Everything was really good. <laughs> I'm going to give it higher than a 3.5. It's still no Hoobie Halloween. Like that's still my number one okay. movie of the year. But... I don't want to. I don't want to know if I would say like it's a it's a twist, but it was definitely a shocking moment at the end yeah. like, with her son. Yeah, for sure. I thought that played out really well. I think I thought that really dro- uh, drove home that final conversation at the end. Like there wasn't any animosity towards each other at that point. Like you could very clearly tell that all of her uh, attributes that made her human were gone when she fucking. Which was she's encouraging him to. Like, yeah. Yeah. That plus like when they wake up and they're like right next to each other, and they just both look like everything's normal, you know. It's like the end scene in Munich, where he's like trying to have sex with his wife, but he can only picture the assassinations he has to carry out. Ooh. That, didn't that literally happen in this movie? No, she, no, she she was. It's like the reverse of that. So Eric Bana would be the one doing the pounding, but like he oh, just yeah. has a hard time with it because. Or it's kind of like that scene in. Or it's kind of like that scene in Rules of Engagement where Jeff can only think about his hot secretary and. <laughs> Audrey can only think about the Pilates instructor. It's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Jay, you, you laugh, but you're speaking my language. I'm into this. Um, all right, well, if nothing else, um, what are you guys um, going to give Possessor out of five stars? I will, before we do, I want to say. Yeah, go for it. I would have loved to have seen this movie in a theater. Yeah, definitely. Like, it was, it was literally playing. At Spotlight, and I, I drove by and I saw it. I was like, oh, cool. I'm off Friday night. I'll go see that Friday night. I drive there Friday night. Uh, nope, not playing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the release schedule is. They can't really have much else to be fucking playing right now, but. I'm very much looking forward to picking it up on UHD when it comes out in December. I, I think it's going to look really good. On VHS. Yeah, I know. When you get on VHS in that bin in 30 years. <laughs> You don't have to make a fucking bootleg copy. Who's the distributor for that movie, Chris? Shit. Where am I? <laughs> you're in the period of the fog, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, thank you, back. All right, we guys going to give it out of five stars. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Jacob? I'm going to go with four and a half. I'm going six. You motherfucker. Boom. There you go. Is that your first one of the year, Zach? This is a movie that's going to end this year for you. I can't blame you since this has kind of been a shit year for movies. Are you kidding me? We got an Adam Sandler movie. Listen, there's, an, ex- Nolan there's movie. an exception to every rule. <laughs> And we have still a Christopher Nolan movie yet. It's playing right now if you wanted to get Fuck see it. Fuck off, seriously? It's been playing for about three months. Shut up. I didn't know. I thought Tenet? It back to November. Yeah, Tenet. Yeah, no, Tenet's been out since like July, well, I think. Shit, guys. Maybe August. I've contemplated going a couple times, but it's just not worth the risk. I'll go, and then I'll just FaceTime you and put you in the seat next to me if you really want to. We Thank should you. make like copies of it, dude. You know how much money we can make. <laughs> the ideal viewing of Tenet is on your iPhone screen. FaceTiming. Sorry for trying to be a friend. 
Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Thanks, Chris. No problem, dude. <laughs> All right, well, let's move. Let's uh, move on then. You guys, watch anything else this week? Oh, did I? I did. I did, but for the life of me, it's escaping. So, because Chris is an asshole and <laughs> ouch, <laughs> makes me watch things that he's watching when I'm over here. I started watching How I Met Your Mother. Oh my fucking gosh, we watched half of an episode. No, we definitely watched at least three. We didn't watch three. Um, so I, I made Alyssa watch a bunch, but you know. It's, it's, it's getting... Here's what I think the show does really well. I think, you know, the like, oh, does it really take nine seasons to tell the story of how you met someone's mother? Like, I certainly understand that criticism. But what I think the show does really well is that, like, I don't know, I think often it's when you're making a show like that, it's, it's easy to overlook, like, small little things. But then when you think about, like, you sit back and you think about the show and it's like, oh, you know what? Like, they're kind of right. Like, without all of these small little things happening, it never, you never would have gotten to this moment where he does meet the mother. And it's like, if one of those things had been different, he never would have met them. So I, I get why it's this big drawn out thing. At the same time, I'm in the fourth season and it's already kind of wearing out its welcome. I, it's getting to the point where like, it's not, it's not that funny. And they have like, mature to the point where they don't they're all like let's we're gonna settle down now and start a family like that stuff's boring i don't care it's definitely not like in rules of engagement where jeff finds the lesbian to be the surrogate mother that's it's, that's good that's, that's really good fucking classic oh, um my turn yeah well i might as well talk about how i met your mother Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll leave that. Um, I watched High Fidelity with John Cusack. Let me just say, you two that, would fucking hate this movie if you watched it. Is that with my John, John who? John Cusack. Oh, oh, oh John. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. What it, I heard this movie. I like it. I really do. Is it the fucking record movie? Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. You would hate this because it's it's literally John Cusack just breaking the fourth wall for like fucking an hour and 40 minutes. Let me tell you why this uh, Beatles record is really cool, man. Listen, I like it. I really do. It's like I understand why in a movie where they use it sparingly, you would find breaking the fourth wall annoying. But this movie literally bases the entire – it's like Annie Hall. It bases the entire movie around the idea of breaking the fourth wall and uses it as an artistic piece rather than just something to convey a message. I bet you can guess if I like Annie Hall or not. I fucking hate you. (laughs) Um, but I like it. I think I think it's an interesting idea. This guy owning a record shop. There's interesting people around him. Um, I like seeing him go back to all of his old relationships and kind of talking to him. I think that's a really interesting concept. Does he recommend any records that you think there's no way John Cusack listens to that? I would say just about every single one. Like what? Is that is at any point does he go? Do you guys want to listen to some records? <laughs> Because there's, there's, there's a movie that I watched. I don't remember what it's called, but it has Tony Collette and Nick Offerman in it. And Nick Offerman owns a record shop. 
And it's like he's he sparking, starts a band with his daughter. Yeah, yeah. He's sparking a romance with Tony Collette, and she's like looking through the records, and he's like, "Oh, if you're looking for something good, you should really listen to Animal Collective." And it's like, there's no fucking way that Nick Offerman is listening to Animal Collective. No fucking gosh. I fucking watched like two other things, and I know for a fact I did, but I can't remember because it was like directly after we started huh. recording last week if only there was an app you could download that you could like log what you watched oh. so you didn't forget that sounds so convenient we should when capitalize the- on that if only there was um, well i watched a I watched a movie that i know zach is a huge fan of it's the first time watched from me i watched your next i hate that movie what a piece of trash directed by adam wingard and, you know, I kind of had some fun with it. There's a lot of great shit. There's some good uses of some crossbows. There's some interesting plot twists that happen. One you kind of see coming, and then there's one at the end that I was like, oh, interesting. Zach, I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, um, the mask that they – I think the animal masks that they use are actually pretty creepy, and some of them are like – there's like some good scares, like when she's like looking under the bed, and then like that wolf mask pops out. Like that was pretty good. Um, Dude, when they use like the wire, like they put the wire in front of the door. Yeah. So, oh, that's good. That was that's great. Good. good throat slut right there. I the seen best her. use of a blender I've ever seen in the film. It's a good one. When it was on Netflix, I watched it like. Or I, I scrolled past it like 500 times. Dude, there's there's one scene in that movie that I really hate. Because it's like, it's just so weird. And like, like the, the first twist of like, they set their parents up to be killed for the insurance money. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't love it, but I'm also, I'm fine with it. I think it's kind of interesting. But then like the part where that guy like in his like weird, creepy girlfriend and she's like, fuck me next to your dead mom. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, there's nothing else like that the entire movie. But then there's just one scene where she's like, "It'd be so hot if you fucked me next to your dead mom." Like, no, there are co- there are a couple scenes that play as like weirdly darkly comedic. I thought you were gonna be like, "No, no, that seems pretty normal to me." <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> there are like a couple scenes where like it like it kind of hints towards like that black comedy. But then that was the scene I was like, okay, some okay, all the things I have been seeing is supposed to be slightly comedic. I just, just like like it's a result of like all, all of those guys are like pretty well known for like they don't write anything. It's all basically improv. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm curious if that is a moment that like, hey, just kind of say something kind of fucked up like while you're right here. Possibly. Could be. Yeah, I didn't really care for her character that much. I just, like, I guess, like, those types of, like, nihilistic characters, like, don't really do anything for me. Like, the dressed all in black and just don't give a shit about anything. Like, they're just not always, like, that. Sometimes it can be interesting, but just in, like, these types of movies, they're just, I don't know, kind of cliche, and I don't, I'm not a huge fan of them. I love Joe Swanberg. I think he's hilarious in the movie. Which one's he? He's the one who's, like married and like he goes into the bath room where his wife is getting ready and like takes her bra off and she like oh okay yeah, yeah by him mm-hmm. yep i do like at the scene at the dinner table where he's like he's like you should do commercials he's like oh the only reason i watch tv is now for the commercials 
Um, that's pretty good. I liked, uh, like I said, love the blender, love the mask. I like the the contraption that she rigs, and no one. And so I'm like, I'm like, somebody has to walk through that door to like for that to happen. Like Wild set it up, and then right at the end, boom, when the cop walks through the door, I like that. I love like setting up the nails on the floor, so the guy like comes in and he steps on it. Yeah, that was good. That made me squirm. It's like the only downside for it, I think, is like. It's like the same problem that I had with Hush. Not that these are on, these are comparable, but it's like the same idea of like having like a masked person, and then the people take the mask off, because immediately right then there you humanize them, and then I don't think it's I don't I think because then they always try to put the mask back on and it's no longer effective anymore. Well, I've I've said since I saw the movie in theaters, my first radar movie in theaters wasn't carded. Was pissed about it. Uh, <laughs> Why is that of all things to be carded for? Were you pissed about? I was so mad. You think I, like, a I seventeen-year-old went, person? I went up. I went to the nine fifty showing to this movie, and I went up and I was like, "Oh yeah, can I get two tickets to your next?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure, that'll be eighteen dollars." And I give him my card, and I was like, "Is that it?" And he was like, "Yeah, here are your tickets." I was like, this motherfucker. I should. I wanted to report him. That's how mad I was. I was like, I could be fucking 15 years old. My thing is, I would have been pissed. It's like, I could have been doing this for years. I, you mean I didn't have to buy a ticket to the fucking Pokemon movie to go see Jennifer's body? I could have just bought one for Jennifer's body? Not to... I know you're about to make a point, Zach, but I just want to quickly say the only time I've ever been carted for a rated R movie was when Angie and I in high school went and saw The Grey. And they didn't ask me for my license. They asked Angie for hers. And she didn't have her ID. And she didn't have her ID on her. So we had to drive back to her house so she could get her ID so that we could see The Grey. Is this before or after Mom's lasagna? Or is it the same (laughs) night? (laughs) This might have been we ate lasagna and then went and saw The Grey. (laughs) Not invited. Would have been the cap to the night. Anyways, the point I was trying to make is that um, so after there's that first reveal of like it's the kids that set them all up, I think the movie loses some suspense there and it just kind of becomes like a like a cat and mouse chase kind of movie, which is fine. I still think that works really well. But yeah, you're right. Like any any amount of like suspense that had kind of been built in the first half is kind of gone once that reveal is made. Because yeah, there's a whole like, why are they doing it? Who are these people? Like all that stuff is just gone now. Exactly. And then, but I did like at the end when it's revealed that her boyfriend was in on it the whole time. That like, I, I did. Not- that was a good twist, and I did not see coming. I thought that was good. I love I love that. That's why I was in my top fifty of the decade. It's a great movie. Was it really? Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah, no, I really liked your next. I had fun with it. It's only two months away from the top one hundred all time. I watch it every year around this time. Where do you right. own it? I do own it on VHS. <laughs> nice. VHS. Uh, all right. What else did you guys watch? Well, it's a good thing we're reviewing Scream next week, because this week I watched Scream 4. 
uh, directed by Wes Craven. Without any, like, beforehand to Scream 1, 2, 3? Dude, I've seen them all so many times. Uh, spoiler alert for next week. I do think Scream 4 is the best one. Okay, well, thanks, Zach. Hold up. Well, it's not like we're really comparing the Scream movies. We're just talking about Scream itself. Yeah, I think Scream 4 is the best one. Why? I don't... I don't know, Chris. I just like it the most. I like... The guy who always has some bullshit to say about everything. I like... He's just like, I just like it, okay? I like Rory... I think the group of teenagers in Scream 4 is better than the group of teenagers in Scream. And, like, and the group of people that are in the rest of the movies. Like, uh, Emma, Rob- Emma Roberts and, like, Rory Culkin. Like, I just think they are better. And I also... This feels like, besides the first one, like the meta elements and stuff, besides the first one, this feels like the first Scream movie since Scream that actually has things to say about what horror has become because they're, like, almost 30 years apart. Yeah. So, like, I I think Scream 2 and 3 are genuinely bad because there's just nothing else like there's no commentary to be made because they were made two years apart well the second one just mm-hmm. tried to be the first one again with like the, the rules of horror movies are a one two and three well like the first the second one is fine because it goes into like well the rules of sequels are yada, 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 yeah. yada, which is that's fine but like the third one sucks ass and it's like the rules of trilogies. It's like there are no fucking rules to trilogies. There's no, there's not as many trilogies enough to make rules. The one thing I will say about all the Scream movies, they're all too long. Scream Four is an hour and fifty-one minutes, and like that's just, it's just too much. Yeah. But I mean, Courtney Cox is in it. She looks great. I love Courtney Cox. So hot. Wood bang. Funny last name. I'm actually looking forward to watching Scream because you know what to be. I've never seen Scream. You've never seen any of them. I've not seen any of the Scream movies, so. Oh my god! I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I could review Scream One right now. That's how many times I've seen it. I believe that you could. It was a two-year period where I didn't watch horror movies. I just wouldn't. Like, it wasn't because was I... Because you're a little bitch. It wasn't because I was interested. It was because I saw The Grudge in theaters as a way too young kid, so I just didn't watch it. But what about Jeepers Creepers, Chris? That was a TV Jeepers Creepers. Directed by Pedophile. Whatever, dude. Is that directed by Brian Singer? <laughs> I'm not saying he's justified, but... Fuck TNT ran the shit out of that movie. Was a convicted pedophile when you made that movie. Who what? directed it? Victor Salva. Huh. Convicted, convicted pedophile? Directed all three of them. Was a convicted pedophile. At yeah, time, director? Like, convicted? I'm definitely for the second and third one. Maybe not the first one. Well, there's Hollywood for you. Apparently, Francis Ford Coppola knew. What a fuck. That's the rumor. Because he's like, he's, it's kind of crazy to say this out loud. Victor Salva is like Francis Ford Coppola's protege. Like he worked under Francis Ford Coppola. And his most notable movie is Jeepers Creepers. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, so like, apparently, who's Francis Ford Coppola anyways? Like, but apparently honest, he would seduce <laughs> underage women like on the set of Francis Ford Coppola movies. And supposedly Coppola knew and never did anything. 
Coppola, Coppola did it? Damn. Good for not doing anything. Damn. That's, That's cold. I mean, Chris, did you watch anything else? Or Coppola directed. Like, just fucking bomb, dude. Let's be honest. <laughs> Where he did that one shitty mafia movie, dude. No, wait, that was Martin Scorsese. <laughs> we get it. Like Italians, okay? We get it, dude. You have fucking Pasta Thursday. Get over it. <laughs> Actually, Pasta Thursday isn't sound half bad. <laughs> um, we get it. You know the difference between angel hair and ZD. Get over it, Martin Scorsese. Ooh, we get it. You're a big deal, okay, Hotshot? We get it. You know the difference between regular pasta sauce and ragu. <laughs> Chris, what else did you watch this week? I'm actually trying to find the title because I know for a fact I watched one or two other things, but I'm on the hunt. So you guys take control for now. Okay. Well, I can quickly mention uh, a couple of rewatches for me this week. I rewatched Crawl and A Quiet Place. Um, Crawl, I actually, so I think I talked about this on the show before, way back when we reviewed Midsummer. I think I had seen it around that time. Was not a huge fan of yeah. Was not a big fan of it at the time. Now I'm singing a whole new tune, dude. I love crawl. I love crawl. It's like such like an it's like first off perfect runtime, eighty something minutes. Can't go wrong with that. Secondly, on Blu-ray, the just like the CG of the Gators just looks so much better. And I think like the story moves along like pretty quickly, and. Like, yeah, I mean, like, maybe some of the character decisions don't always make sense, but, like, the plot's move, the story's moving along. You're getting good a- gator action. Ooh, I mean, action, I'm in. Yeah, you're getting some... Have you not seen this movie, Chris? No, I was kind of interested in it because I wanted to see... The only other kind of crocodile alligator movie I saw was that one with Ice Cube in it. Or not Ice that? Cube, Anaconda, but... Um, yeah. Like, acid. Is that the one? I'm thinking? Dude, I just watched. Oh like, yeah, that, I can't wait to talk about it. That's that's the only other alligator movie I saw, and I watched it on TV the other day, and I really, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, they came out with one recently, so I'm interested. Crawl's good. I mean, set and set during a hurricane, so that's pretty sweet. No, Crawl's just Crawl's great. Crawl's great. Uh, and I said, I think I said, I rewatched a Quiet Place. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. And you um, that it sucks. And I what? And then you remembered that it sucks. No, not at all. I mean, I like a quiet place. Um, definitely shouldn't have a second one. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely agreed. I don't. I don't really care how it all started or whatever. Like, I'm totally fine with just existing in this time period. Let me just whatever. Say that I'm glad John Krasinski died in that movie. Because if I had to sit through another movie of him. Just like the whole movie, just going. <laughs> I don't love the office where John Krasinski's role is literally just to go. Dude, he's funny. Like in the, it's a, such a different role. In yeah. the office, he's funny. And there is a lot of difference between him all of a sudden just becoming really serious and being like. <sighs> and also, like this idea that the world has ended, but he's still collecting newspaper clippings and like is pasting them up in his basement. So stupid. For what purpose? I I wish I knew. And then it's also very M Night Shyamalan. Says the guy who says the guy who's buying VHS tapes. 
<laughs> yeah, but for a purpose. But like for you know, quote unquote decoratory purposes. You know what I mean? Like it's very like he he just stole Shyamalan's move. Like the thing that is your weakness is what will save you in the end. But the thing is, is that yeah. M Night Shyamalan ends up using that well. I feel as if this is a very obvious solution in a quiet place. See, that's the thing. Like when, like for the second time around, you're watching it, and it's like they don't like high pitched frequency. So it's like the entire world went to shit. Before anybody figured that out, like that seems insane to me. It's just kind of like absolutely like, because, oh, your dog is acting up, high pitch frequency. Somebody thought of that to train dogs, but couldn't think of that <laughs> to stop himself from an alien fucking invasion. Why <laughs> can you explain that to me? It's a great point. Yeah, so like that's the thing. Like it's all those little things that sort of start to stand out, and then like the liberties of like what sounds like attract them and like which ones don't do anything like all that stuff kind of becomes arbitrary at some points but i mean i still think it's an effective movie like i still like the idea of having to live in silence and the reason that they were able to survive was because they had a deaf daughter who like they knew sign language so like they didn't need to talk i still like all that stuff but there are things that you could well i've rewatched it i've talked about on the show i've gone over it there's no need to include the day, right? But since they do, it is a valid criticism that it is the stupidest decision to have a baby in the middle of all of this. They very clearly fucked after the world went to shit and still decided to have the baby. I mean, what do you do? It's, do you it's far more interesting for them to like for her to be pregnant when the world goes to shit. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Because then, because then like, you have no choice. You have no choice in the matter. How do you stop an abort? Like, how do you have an abortion without actually going to a doctor and having an abortion? I mean, Beautiful Maniac better. Walk too. She does it. How I'll show true. you. First off, I'm never gonna watch a movie called mm-hmm. Nymphomaniac. Actually, Art. only in only in the unrated cut does she do that. She does the do? old coat hanger treatment. Ugh. Yeah. No. <laughs> also, you know no. how you could do it, Chris? Hmm. You got to be like, what's her face on? Portlandia, you gotta be the pull-out king. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that bit. It's well, the problem was that. Well, the problem was that. I mean, John Krasinski just fucked all the condoms out of existence. Like it's. Dude, if I had a dick like John Krasinski probably does, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like I imagine he has. I imagine he has a pretty, pretty long schlong. He's a tall, scrawny dude. <laughs> I do the same thing. Alyssa, you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> the only confirmed large penis in Hollywood that I know of is John Hamm. I've seen the that. photos on the internet of him wearing gym shorts. I, do you think John Krasinski is, uh, has a heavy hang? Yeah, he's a scr- tall, scrawny guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely John Hamm has a massive hog. Like, look up the internet photos. You can't see his dick, now. but you can see, like, the imprint in his shorts. Uh, it's a surprise that John Hamm has a hog. That's why they call him John Hog. Well, I thought that's why I call him John Hamm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. He's not just a hog, hog he's a ham. He's packing John a holiday ham in those shorts. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, the best stories about John Hamm's penis. Just click on images. You don't, just, you don't need the. You you're right. You're right. I don't need to read the news story. No. Yeah, you don't need the. Oh man! What I'm saying, dude, he's packing heat. What? I'm okay, now see. I gotta see this. You guys okay, got John, John Hamm's penis. John Hamm penis. That's not images. bad, John Hamm. Good for you. I can't run for Congress now. <laughs> I'm talking about John Hamm's penis on television. Oh, you, did you look at the image where it's like circled around his pants? <laughs> no, like it's literally just like his pant impression. That is, he's going commando, which is a weird choice for someone with a hog like that. But I mean, he's obviously <laughs> pretty confident in his dong size. Yeah, I mean, like he deserves to be confident. I'm just saying, like for concealing purposes, it's a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, whoa, that's a, bulgy, that's a bul- that's a bulger for sure. Yeah, dude, that's like... That's Why like, did they get him to play Whitey Bulger, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like a baby's <laughs> forearms <laughs> between his legs. Yeah. Well, all right, then. I was that, huh? <laughs> you remember what happened? The war. <laughs> Half of it got chopped off. Just the head. So it's just like a tube. Well, that's all it was. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Out of eight inches, five inches was head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like one of those like classic mushroom caps. <laughs> like fucking Mario and Luigi. <laughs> mushroom shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jake, awfully quiet over there. You got five <laughs> inches of mushroom head? No, I was just looking at photos of John Hamm's penis, and then this, then this, then this article came up. This article came up that said Mad Men colon John Hamm's penis is too big for clothing, needs airbrushing. <laughs> sorry, dude. sorry, John Hamm. I imagine, feel bad for you. Can you imagine the person that went to journalism school and then like this is the byline? That's right. <laughs> I'm reading an article about John Hamm's dick. I'm sixty thousand dollars in debt from journalism school, and I have to write about John Hamm's big cock. <laughs> That's a privilege. <laughs> Sign me up. You're, you, you're, you're <laughs> fucking gosh. How do you get that photographer's job? That's the peak. Yeah, it's called paparazzi. Given that mission, like, fuck being the journalist. Imagine being the photographer where your boss comes to you and is like, "I need you to get a picture of John Hamm's dick." No, that's the thing. They don't even know. Like, the, the photographer's just out taking photographs, and he, like, goes in, just slams the photos on his boss's desk, and he's like, look at that penis. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in his dark room, and he's like, no. Yeah. It can't be. <laughs> it's still developing. It's like that montage. He takes it out to the light. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, the, it's the classic. to show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge. <laughs> oh my fucking gosh. <laughs> Good shit. I really hope people listen to this when their kids are in the car. And then we just get into stuff like this. Listen, I'm banking on one of us being something at some point in time, hopefully. I wouldn't. So they're gonna, people are going to be like, have you heard fucking Jake Searle's old podcast? Or have you heard <laughs> Zach Searle's old podcast? And they'll go on and they'll be fucking this shit. 
And they'll be like, wow, he's a completely different person. <laughs> They're going to be like, that's nothing compared to the time Zach talked about the Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> oh, gosh, dude. That's just not in existence. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. Of course, the, the Schindler List musical is still on here. <laughs> Schindler's oh, List. That's good. <laughs> Oh, wow. uh, all right, what else you got, Zach? Um, I so Chris literally just mentioned it. I watched a film from 1999 directed by Steve Miner, who also directed Halloween. Uh, sorry, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, uh, Lake Placid, and just listen to the star-studded cast in this: uh, Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Brendan Gleeson, Betty White. Betty White. It's mm. such a great cast for such a shit movie. Brendan Gleeson, huh? Betty um, White. So yeah, this I remember liking this movie a lot when I was a kid, mainly because it, it took place in Maine, and I thought that was cool. And it's not very good. There's not a lot of alligator stuff in it. It's mostly, like, boring, is the word mm-hmm. I would use. There's, there's not enough good, like, crocodile horror movies. There is one part that's amazing. Uh, is it the bear scene? So there's so like the reason this alligator is around is because Betty White has been feeding it, basically, and so like they con- they figure this out and they like come and they like confront her. First of all, there's a scene in the movie where they're like, "Where's your husband?" and she's like, "I killed him." And they're like what? And like he was suffering, and he asked me to put him out of his misery, so I put the pillow over his face, and he was sleeping, and I killed him. <laughs> what? And then it keeps going, and they figure out that like this alligator is only around, or crocodile, whatever it is, has been around because someone is feeding it, and it's it's Betty White, and so they go and they like confront her, and she, li- I, I swear to God, I'm not paraphrasing this is word for word what she says because I watched it 15 times because I was dying laughing. <laughs> But she says, they're like confronting her, and she says, you got to be kidding me. If I had a dick, this is when I would tell you to suck it. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, I mean, other than that, the movie sucks, but that's a great line. <laughs> but a peak of cinema history happened in that moment. Yeah. So, like, James Franco, Hubie Halloween, Lake Placid. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Bobo style. Uh, and then I also quickly will mention uh, I watched from 1981, directed by. It's a Canadian production, I can say that. Uh, George Mahalka, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, nice. Uh, first time watch. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I would like to see the uncut version. Um, apparently, this is like one of the first horror movies to be released after like Reagan, the assassination attempt on Reagan. Mm-hmm. And so after that, they kind of blamed violent movies for like why someone would want to shoot the president. So apparently, the MPAA like cut the shit out of this movie and made them take out a bunch of stuff where they were going to. Like, give it an NC-17 rating. And so that, I guess there's, like, 10 or 12 minutes that they had, they cut from the movie that are apparently pretty bloody, and I'd, I'd like to see that. There is an uncut version of it, but I didn't watch it. 
Um, but I, I liked it a lot. I like just like the idea is cool. Like going into the mines and the killer in a mining costume and they made a remake of this, didn't they? In like the two thousands. Did I like that one too? I'm gonna watch that. They did a prison like based around prom in this one too. Uh, not exactly. It's based around Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and so they're like having the Valentine's Day dance for the first time in twenty years because twenty years ago is when, uh, what's his face, um, Harry something, Harry Truman, Harry, Harry Truman. Styles. Harry's no, that's what it is. Harry Styles. Harry Dick. Um, was when. It was too easy. Harry Warden. Harry Warden was he like went crazy and like killed people, and so it's been twenty years since that. So they're finally reopening the town for a big Valentine's Day dance, and then Harry Warden comes back and people start dying. Couldn't have learned the first time, could it's, they? It has a, a classic, like, 80s slasher twist at the end, which is whatever, but I do think as a whole it's very good. A lot of fun. People die. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. It's on Hulu. I've been wanting... Oh, it's on Hulu? Yeah. Oh, nice. I have to, I have to check that out this week, then. And there's a Scream Factory Blu-ray. Isn't there also an Arrow release of it, too? No. Or it's, it's Scream Factory? Okay. I own it, but I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> nice. Chris, you got anything else? No, but now that <laughs> I'm... I just clicked on HBO to see if there was something I watched on here recently, and there's not, but... Fuck, I gotta watch the new South Park special. Yeah, it's not bad. Is it just not bad? It does. I, this I, pretty pretty set, I just want to preface this by saying I'd rather have you set the bar low than set the bar high. That's. It's, I had I had a few good laughs in it. There's cool. some great stuff where they're like, people are walking down the street and they're like, "Oh, sorry, before you come any closer, would you mind putting on your chin diaper?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, sure." So they just like drape a mask below their chin, which is pretty good. <laughs> or like, um, the best part is when the police get defunded and the teacher, I think there's no one to teach the kids at South Park, so they hire the police to teach them. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dude, uh, no, yeah, give it a watch. Like, I liked the Tegrity Farm stuff for a little bit, but now I think they've just gone to that well to way too many times. Well, it's because they overdo it. Like, if it was just a part of the show naturally, it'd be one thing. But they really drive home some integrity farms. Like, I get it. You know, at this point, I understand that this is where this, this show has gone. You don't need to beat a dead horse. Yeah, so that's, like, the only stuff I don't really care about anymore. Like, I don't really care about the integrity farm. I thought it was funny at first, but now it's... Oh, there's a great... Oh, what is great is, like, when they... How they figure out how the people in the town got COVID. That's pretty funny. Okay. So it's worth watching. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Right, cool. Do you, nothing else for you to watch that you watch, Chris? Um, as far as I I, I swear, there's two more things, but I cannot for the life of me figure out what the fuck they were, so I'm going to say no. Okay, Zach, do you have anything else? I got a couple things left, but do you have uh, anything? I got one more thing. All right, so I'll, just, I'll group these two together then. Um, I watched Alien and Aliens today. Um, obviously I've seen Alien a bunch of times which, so what's always interesting about Alien I've seen it like four or five times and I always forget every single time that Ian Holmes' character is a robot I always forget that 
So there's you watch both of them. One is is obviously far superior than the other. Uh, Can you guess which one? Is Alien superior to Aliens? Incorrect. I mean, they're both two different things. Like Alien is just like sort of like a cat and mouse type of horror flick. And Aliens is like just is more like action. I I like Aliens more. I mean, they're both great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I lo- so what was interesting is I've never seen Aliens before. I've never seen Aliens. I haven't seen Alien Three, and I haven't seen Alien Resurrection. So I'm working through them now finally. And today was a perfect day because it's been snowing all day. So I was washing through them. <sighs> You're That's really first love Ripley fucks the alien. I love that part. I can't wait. What? Um, oh, yeah, she does. Who does? But I, Ripley. I know some of the plot stuff that happens just because obviously happens how old the movies are, but I just haven't seen it. But I like, but I did like Aliens quite a bit. Like, I especially like when it gets to the end and it's like they meet the queen for the first time. That was pretty sweet. And then just like the big, obviously the big shootout at the end is pretty great. Like it's pretty, like it's great. But like I just still like Alien a lot. Like I just like how, like how like deliberately paced it is. Like there's a lot of like suspense building up. Like I don't know. I just sort of like how, like because of the, everything is so foreign. To, like everybody, like you're seeing like the horror unfold at the same time that the characters are like. I don't know, Alien, I'll, I'll always like Alien a lot. I don't dislike it, I just, I've always liked Aliens more. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a lot of fun, like, like I said, like, it's great to, like, actually see, like, more aliens around, and then, like, fighting them and whatnot, like, that's pretty sweet. Um, but just the idea of, like, uh, sort of, like, you know, like I said, like, a cat and mouse horror flick, you can't go wrong with Alien. I've never seen it. I'm, I, I would I would go as far as to say that I've purposely avoided it. Why? It's just sci-fi isn't really my thing. Like I don't have a thing against it, but I won't go. I, like I would probably not really be a big fan of Alien just because it's just not really a genre that tickles my pickle, you know? Yeah. What I don't get, like now that I've seen more of them. Is how there was ever a confusion about like whether or not Prometheus was a prequel to it all. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like when you start seeing like all the company names that come up, and I mean like I always forget too. Like in Alien, they fucking find the creator like dead in its chair, and like they use that in Prometheus. Like I don't, I got, I was always confused about how people never thought like it was connected in any way. I think it's more that it's supposed to stand on its own. I get how it stands on its own, but, like, there's so many obvious connections. I mean, like, it's fucking Wayland Enterprises going. Um, plus all, like, the other, like, visual cues. Like, yeah, I don't know. The more of these alien movies I see, I'm, that I always come back to that. I've seen Prometheus. Yeah, I love Prometheus. I know, you know a lot of people don't like it. It just always kind of struck me that it... Like, Alien was its own thing, and then Prometheus just came right out of fucking left field. But that's having not seen Alien or anything. Because, like, this seems like, I don't know, like it's coming from a completely different place. 
Yeah, like, well, I mean, Prometheus absolutely stands on its own. Like the other. Like I think Prometheus does do a good job of standing on its own because like I think you can watch Prometheus and get something out of it without ever having to be connected to the alien world. Yeah. So the only thing in Aliens that doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm wondering if you ever thought about this, Zach. How in the beginning they interview Ripley about what happened and she tells them about the aliens and whatnot and they don't believe her. And then in the very next scene, they're like, yeah, so the terraformers aren't responding and we're wondering if maybe there's an alien there. So do you, like, would you want to go along with the crew? Have you ever thought about that? No. <laughs> like, like, for one thing, they don't believe her until the next, it's like, we're not saying that we believe you, but... There might be a chance that there is, so do you want to, like, go and just, like, you know, help him out? That was one thing that stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Do you get it now? Do you see it now? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't take away from it at all. I just thought that stood out to me. I thought it was kind of, kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, that was that. Zach, take it home. Uh, so I watched, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a comedy classic, but it's got some, a classic comedic performance. Uh, Here it goes. From 2002, directed by uh, Perry Andlin Blake. Uh, this is The Master of Disguise. Heck <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I won't lie, it's definitely not good. Uh, <laughs> it's so not good he gave it a three and a half i mean i still laughed but like i dana carvey's a shit okay. i yeah it's it's really not like that good like the the tony montana scene is is probably the best and gammy numbums are you kidding me gammy numbums is good but like don't forget the quint scene that one, that one's pretty good too. Quentin's all right, it's all, all right, it's all good. You got me, you got me. The whole movie's good. What did I put three out of five? Fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> but no, like, I for whatever reason, I always thought that it was Blake Lively in the that was like the woman in this movie, but it, that's not her. Yeah, it's someone else. Uh, I love like the ending when. So I, I had kind of like forgotten the plot. And I kind of forgot that, like, it's a whole family of, like, Master of Disguises. Disguises. Fucking pistachio disguises, dude. There's the part where they're sitting there, and he's like, our, our family has always been environmentalist. And then, like, it cuts to a scene of George Washington trying to chop down the cherry tree, but it's one of the disguises who's disguised as the cherry tree, so he gets up and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It always is super crazy to me the people they got to be in the movie besides like the characters. Like and then, like at the very beginning when he like dumps the tray of food on the, all over those people, and then he like climbs onto the table and he starts like wiping down his glasses, wiping the meat sauce off the glasses, and he's like, "What am I doing?" And then he like, takes the Parmesan cheese and starts like grating it on them. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I still say this. Am I speaking too fast for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 
going to read the next two of the scales. It's it's watchable. It's definitely watchable. It was rated so poorly. Everybody yeah. hated that movie. And I oh, it's get shit on hard. Yeah, it's like there's there's a part like there's just a lot of like throwaway lines that are just funny, and so there's the like the grandfather is like, I am the father of your father, and he's like, so that makes you my sister, and he's like, no, I'm your grandfather. He's like, that was my second guess. Some throwaway something like that. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. How anybody could, like, shit on it? Like, I would understand if you think it's a bad movie, because it's very clearly a bad movie. You look, like, like, you look like the type of guy that's got a little winner and some tiny nuts. <laughs> you got a little winner and some tiny nuts. Oh, shit. Oh, hold on. Keep talking. I gotta take this phone call. What else you got? <laughs> I get that stick stuck in my esophagus multiples. <laughs> Then he, he offers them, the offers him the fucking crab cakes. He's like, huh, with you, sir, they should have got crabby cakes. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> More than that, though, just like when he starts doing the front, or the front flush or the back flush, he's like, Hoya! Hoya! What do you think Al Pacino thought of that movie? Did you write it? Sorry, I'll say, you know, like, she can tear. get that stick stuck in my esophagus. Not a chance. <laughs> And then, <laughs> you, you missed one of the parts that we'd always forget, like when he's after he refuses the, the chicken on the stick and he's like well I have some crab cakes and he's like crab cake with you sir and they should be called crabby cakes <laughs> yeah that's a good one <laughs> I forgot about that one you just a tongue drink of water and then uh, he's like is the snake charmer and he's like, he starts playing with Kenny G, and the snake is like, <laughs> I always forget that at the end, the way that he saves his father is by pulling his underwear over his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Pistachio, you better not be looking at yourself in the mirror with your underwear on your head doing your voices. And he's like, without a shaving cream beard, Papa. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know, like, how the pitch for this movie went. I don't know. Like, it was probably just like we have. Wait, were any of these SNL already, already done? Like, they get for like celebrity cameos, like Jessica Simpson, Jesse Owens, and like, or Jesse Jackson, and like. Um, the wrestler who became. Yeah, the Jesse Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> What? Mm. They're such random people. I think it's funny that like how far they say like the celebrities would get. They're like, oh, for you, Miss Jessica Simpson, sure, borrow this giant piece of American history. Just even just even Ventura takes the Liberty Bell. Yeah. It's like oh, I promise, guys, I'll bring it right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is this, Jesse? Was it, no, it's Jesse Owens, wasn't it? Yeah, he like steals right. this. He like has the space shuttle or whatever. No, no, that was the Declaration of Independence. It's just like he's just like he's like for you, Jesse Owens. Do you mind? He's like, yeah, sure. And he goes to do like the handoff, and then oh, he that's right, uses a baton. That's right. Away. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Shit, I've seen and that movie end, way too did, many times. At the end, he disguises himself as George Bush. <laughs> Which that's a Dana Carvey 
or Dana Harvey um, SNL character. Yeah, like he did that all the time. And then Will Ferrell took it over. Will right. Ferrell's whole stand-up special as George Bush. Shit. Yeah, you're welcome, Amer- you're welcome, America. Yeah, I gotta watch. It's not that. a stand-up. It's a Broadway one-man act or yeah. one-man play, Chris. Seriously? Yeah. Where can I stream that shit? You've never seen it? I've seen it. I just haven't seen it in so long. Oh yeah, no, it's a. Bro- I think it was on Broadway. But yeah, Master of Disguise, great flick. I haven't seen it in a long time. So, prior to rewatching it, I probably would have considered it for the top 100. After watching it, I'm probably still considering it for the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. It makes me very happy. Um, you guys got anything else you want to talk about? I'm good. That's it. Very cool. Uh, like I said, next week, we were talking about earlier, we're going to be doing our horror comedy special. So, again, it's American American Werewolf in London, Gremlins, and Scream? Yes. Very cool. Uh, well, until next week, thanks for downloading and thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye.